This is an SM Media production. Hi folks and welcome to the debut episode of the SM Media Pro Wrestling Show. I'm Scott McPike, it's an absolute pleasure to be your host as always. Thanks very much for joining us on the first episode of this new project. We've got a lot planned over the next few months, but for the debut episode I'm delighted to be joined by the Pro 2 Wrestling owner, Logan Storm. Logan, welcome to the show, it's a pleasure to have you. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure, two airship boys talking about wrestling, that's something you'll never see, is it? (laughs) (laughs) Unusual. Good, isn't it, I bet Obviously, as well, how's how's preps going for the the promotion and things like that? Big event on Saturday. We'll get in, into more about it later on, but obviously, it's been it must be a kind of stressful week. It's uh, always the week leading up to the, the any show is always very stressful for any promoter. I mean, there's promoters that they're like, well, I don't stress about it, but you know the day they're they're looking at the numbers that's coming in, they're looking at the figures, they're thinking to themselves, is this going to actually be a good turnout? Are we going to get a chance to come back? We know, you know, these things all happen. Nah, it'll be good though, it's going to be entertaining, obviously we've got a lot to talk about, we'll talk about, about your career in the, the business and obviously the, the promotion you've set up, but there's never a dull moment in the wrestling world, is that fair to say? That is absolutely spot on. Yeah, and we see it obviously, we're, we're recording this show in August, Vince McMahon is no longer the head of WWE, did you ever think you would see that? Did you ever think you would be talking about that in a show? I thought they would have to carry him out in the box. To be honest, but I, I'm no, I'm no as stupid as to believe that he's completely and utterly stepped away. Me I mean, neither. I dare say he'll be somewhere in the background. The thing with it is, though, right, and that is, we we could spend a full show talking about Vince McMahon, and he's been a big part of all our childhoods as wrestling fans. I think a lot of memories we have, Vince McMahon's been involved in them. But did you think this would be the thing that got him paying alleged payments to? Paralegals, and then obviously the the chat today about paying off. Yeah, I mean, paying five million to Donald Trump. Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, it's it's very strange. Um, this is how they've they've managed to get him to step down. Um, I mean, every time I look at Vince, I just think he looks ill. I mean, I know he's getting years, but he looks ill. I'm like, there's something eating him. And I mean, I work in the hospital Monday to Friday. Like, I'm, that's my other job. So I'm like. That man's no well. <laughs> like he's got that luck about him. He's just unwell, and for it to come down to that. But I, I mean, what is it? Three, three million for for his bit in the side or whatever it was, and then he passed it around like a, a Todd mag to be well, allegedly. Um, you know, it's it's a bit kinny. Mm, you know, <laughs> bit sus- it's a bit suspect. I think there's a lot. I think there's a lot of things we we'll, we won't know, and I think we'll ever know. But the change, obviously, is uh, Triple H is now in charge of creative. Already, I think it's fair to say there's a big change in the way that the show is going to be done. I think there's a lot more bringing old guys back, bringing kind of some people who were unfairly released and unfairly treated. He's went in straight away and just completely done his done his thing and changed the way he wants to do it. I mean, hats off to Triple H. I mean, look what he did with the, the, the yellow and black brand, NXT. Turned that around. For years, it was just basically just dodding along. Triple H gets involved in it, brings Shawn Michaels in to help with it. Transpires into all this new, this newfangled absolute people are tuning in to watch NXT, you know, just raw and SmackDown. Mm-hmm. And then they went across the pond and they did the NXT UK, and that was going really well. But that's changing now. I believe it's new NXT Europe. Yeah, 
There's a weird thing with that. Like, see, see, obviously you're the the UK independence scene. Obviously, you're a you're a part of it. Is that a dream for the likes of you? Is like there's more talent out there that can come in? Is that a bit of a shame to see a big brand going? Uh, I'm I'm all for I'm all for any company really. To be honest with you, um, NXT UK, although it's it's the title's gone, it's still there for what I can see. Mm-hmm. They're just Europe because Triple H wants to expand, but you know it's it's. I I feel sorry for the guys that was NXT UK that's now been released. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so some of the guys were completely and utterly. We can't work for anywhere else. You know, we have to only work for um, WWE and folk that are attached to the Fed and stuff like that. That was it. And other guys are like, well, actually, I can work with MD. It just depends. But there's a lot of red tape with the contracts, I believe. Um, I've I've spoken to a couple of the guys that was on the shows, um, and they've they've kind of said like it's it's just it's a lot of red tape. So, I mean, they, they could do it, but by the time they do the paperwork stuff, is it really worth it? I mean, you, you want to come off the telly and it's paying you megabucks and you want to come work at independent show that's paying you peanuts, you know? I know, but it's, obviously it's a, you need to get to a, still performing somehow, and I think that's a big thing. But NXT Europe, but with Triple H taking over, are we, what are we expecting for the UK pay-per-view? First time in a long time, there's a lot gonna, going on. Do you think there will be a massive change in the next few months in WWE? Um... Well, Triple H has always said like, I've been at shows where Triple H has basically said that he wants to bring the cameras in and let's do a big big like proper raw here and this that and the next thing but it's the it's the time frame that's the whole reason why they can't do it because like, America's behind us was it behind us the time difference was too great that's why we've got to stay up till like 1 o'clock in the morning they're, they're wrestling in the afternoon we're staying up at 1 o'clock watching it to 4 and 5 in the morning you know they stay up Daylight, we start off at night, and by the time the, the show is finished, it's daylight for us, it's night time for them. So that's the reason why they've never done it. But then they're, they're back, they're the whales there. Some guys are paying three grand, three and four grand to get into Wales to see yeah. a show. Um, you know, um, my power to fans, like, fantastic that that's what you want to do. But me personally, I'm thrifty with the pennies. So that's, that's a solid no chance. I mean, if you, if you think about going to Mania, and then you go to fly out to Mania, you're talking, I need, three, I need three grand for spending money because I need to be there for the whole week. Because yeah. Mania is not just Mania. You've got uh, Hall of Fame, you've got SmackDown, you've got Raw, you've got all the independents that's running in between that. You've got all the meet and greets and stuff like that. So it's a whole week-long festival, really. Mm-hmm. Now it's running out two nights. So it's a huge, huge thing if you're going to go to Mania, which is my dream. I've never been to Mania, but um, my old tag partner, he's he's been to Mania a couple of times and stuff. You're power to him. It'd be good to go. It'd be unbelievable. But there's also big big talk in AEW, another big promotion. CM Punk is back. And with CM Punk, obviously, we have backstage hassle. And I think there is potentially more to this than we know about. Uh, I'm, I'm unaware of it. I'm unaware of what's happening in AEW. I've only just watched a bit of it this morning, actually. Um, I try and keep up with everything that's going on. but there's... It's hard, isn't it? There's too much. Lots more. You've got Rampage, you've got Dynamite, you've got SmackDown, you've got Raw, you've got ICW, you've got NXT, then you've got other companies that you're trying to see and stuff like that. And then as a promoter, you're getting guys sending you stuff all the time. It's like, oh, I could just pitch. No, I've seen it. Like, I've seen it online. Like I've, I've watched it. Oh, um, so any chance you can get a booking? Well, there will be a chance you can get a booking, but right now my shows are fully booked. I've fully booked my shows from now to the end of the year. I mean, after. Right. after so we've only got two left. We've got battle lines in October, and then we've got um, we're back at Anbank doing Ball at the Hall on November 5th, and then that's me for the year. And I'm going to be back in February next year. 
Um, I'll need to see though. It'll probably be February or March. Um, I like to try and tie in with the other promoters that are in Ayrshire and stuff like that because there's there's no point me running a show two or three weeks before them running a show, and there's no point me running a show after them. So mm. I need to keep it like a whole month round about. And I'm the kind of new kid on the block, but I've been here for a wee while. Um, it's only it's only right that you pay your, you pay your dues and you pay your respects to these guys like BCW. Um, I'm really really friendly with Graham. Uh, really friendly with him. Um, so like, I've got a kind of wee agreement with him where I will not run when he's running. Like so, if I know he's. I think he runs in a. I think he runs February, and that's in Kilmarnock. So I need to make sure that I don't have anything on in Ayrshire when that's running. And then once that shows by, then I can run a promotion, a show in there. I know that sounds really, really silly, but BCW is like up here. Mm-hmm. Like I'm falling. I'm starting off. Like like some of the guys will be like, oh, I mean, you've got potential to be able to go if you were at the Toontown Hall. Um, it's a lovely, lovely big venue. It's not as big as Grand Hall. Mm-hmm. But if we could get the crowds in and, and properly pack it out, you know, that atmosphere would be unreal. And everybody likes working it. Everybody that I was had on the show with Andy Wilde, and I thought, this is a really nice venue. Like, yeah, it is. It's a really expensive venue too, but, you know, <laughs> um, these are the these are the breaks. But aye, there's, there's loads and loads and loads of footage going on you know, and it's hard to keep up with all. But um, I only just seen that um, CM Punk's won the championship from the interim champion, Moxley, who yeah, Moxley each now and they've both got a belt. No, I don't it's a bit confusing. I obviously he was injured. He was injured, I think, and then obviously I think instead of vacating, I think they do the interim thing like they do in the UFC. But the plan, I think, is to have that match in a couple of weeks. But I think CM Punk's caused a bit of there's there's problems there, and I think CM Punk backstage, I think there's always problems there. I think he's a he likes to do his own thing, and I don't think that he can MB can really tell him not to. But there's obviously with with CM Punk, it's just good to see him back into it. You just it was. He was he was a top guy for a long time. He was the the best in ring guy, I would say, for a long time. It's good to see him back. I do I, I do like him. I like his mic work and stuff like that. I could listen to him talk all day. I'm not overly keen on his wrestling, right? And I'm not overly keen on his his look either. So I'm I'm really funny. I like characters and gimmicks and stuff like that. And I've got there's guys that, are, that absolutely have all the talent in the world, and I just go meh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, Running the mill. I was never a huge Bret Hart fan either. And like Bret Hart to me was always boring. Right. I'm a, a Road Warriors is my type of guys. I love the Road Warriors and my favourite tag team ever. They're absolutely amazing team. Uh, sadly, I didn't get a chance to talk to any of them, but I did get a birthday message sent to me by Joe, who died like three or four days yeah. later. Oh really? Hi. Um, I've got a signed um card as well. Uh, Kid Thompson that works on the shows. Uh, he collects, he's a huge, massive, massive collector. He does all the dynamite kid stuff. That's his British bulldog. So that's his, that's his thing. So he was he sends away cards and gets them signed and stuff like that. So he managed to get Joe to sign this this trading card, which I, I've got pride and joy. It sits upstairs in my, my other display. I've got a wee display card in here with all my belts that I've got all the years. And then upstairs I've got my wee kind of, my kind of private collection as such. That's like belts that have been on shows and things. But mm-hmm. my private collection is stuff that means stuff to me. Not kind of idea. Very good. We'll talk about about your career. Obviously, you, you grew up in Drongan. Was it always a plan to get into wrestling? Was that always your kind of ambition? Like? Um, no. Um, I've, I've always been completely and utterly honest with you. I was a bit of a raging alcoholic, to be honest. Right. Um, 
and I decided one day I was going to shows. BCW came to town. My friend Rosalie McCluskey had got in contact with the, the, the team at BCW and asked them to come and do shows. And they came and did a couple of shows in Drongan. And I was like, mm, do you know, I think I could do that. At that time, I was 21 stone. I was big, massive. I was like, I think I could do this. Like, I've always loved wrestling. Back, I mean, watching the WWF and the VHS that my dad would bring home for his mate that worked. They had Sky TV. <laughs> that was a new thing for us in the nineties. Like, what's this? Sky TV, and then we'd go into the chip shop and stuff like that, and you would rent out a video. Right? For them that don't know what a video is, you know what I mean. Back in the day, then you know, WrestleManias, and um, we'd watch all them and, and write up. You can't basically caught up with the back catalogue with old Silver Vision, caught up with that, and then up to present day. But world of sport era, yeah. Watched all the world of sports stuff. I loved all that. McManus, Haystacks, you know, Johnny Saint and Steve Gray. Best match I've ever seen. One was the European middleweight, and one was the English middleweight champion. And they had a, a match. I always remember it because it was basically what the essence of wrestling is catch as catch can. It was hold for hold, blow for blow. Everything that they two guys did was an absolute clinic. And I know that sounds really dumb when I, I see it. I think I find Bret Hart boring, but. Bret Hart's te- technical style is great, tremendous, but I just find it boring. But watching Steve Gray and Johnny Saint, nah, mind-blowing, absolutely mind-blowing. And of course, I was heavily involved with the wrestlers' re- reunion uh, here in Scotland as well for the first couple of years. Yeah. And then I stepped down for it. Yeah, I'm doing too much. Yeah, I'm a trade union rep uh, at the hospital as well. So I'm, I've got that many fingers and that many pies. It's unreal. Um, I was also helping out in my local community, helping run the, the community centre and stuff like that. It's part of that kind of group. So, aye. There was a lot going on here in Kincaid at the time. <laughs> so, something had to give and I bowed out for the wrestlers' union. I, I, don't, I don't miss helping the organise and stuff like that. Although, I would say, actually, I really do miss it because I was quite close with Andy, Teddy Bear Taylor, Glitter Boy Gillett, you know, these big guys that are all kind of running it. I'm really quite friendly with them, um, and the similarity between me and Andy Bryden is <laughs> unreal. He's born in September. I'm born in September. We're both Virgos. We both love ACDC. His name was Dale Storm. My name was Logan Storm. His first match and my first match both had a thunderstorm. Uh, we started wrestling years and years ago. I retired and came back to wrestling because he sought me out. Right. He'd book and asked me to come down and to the, the book release and stuff like that. Like, come back, do one match, what modern day versus like golden era and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, I'm kind of crippled here all, you know, like, I don't know if I'll be able to do this. And he goes, I know, no, I'll be fine, you're going to fight my brother. And I see his brother, he's been as a bloody fireman. <laughs> like, built like a tank. And I'm like, there's no chance this man's going to eat me. <laughs> I mean, I, had to go, I went to the gym, started training again and get myself into shape and Dropped a few pounds and stuff and started coming the gear and get the strength back up, but I hadn't been in actual ring. And then when I think about it now, had I got back into the ring with somebody that was doing a completely different style for which I do, yeah, I'm based style. Um, the reunions we can cry at is crossover. Um, the old um, British styles kind of missing now, unless you go to Marty Jones or some of that, that kind of British style, catch as catch can sort of thing is, is kind of missing now. And you can still see, it's still prevalent because some of the, the holds and stuff go into it, but it's very much Americanised now, which is American wrestling. You go to a poster, where they put on it? American wrestling. You know what I mean? That's yeah. just that. Yeah. Yeah. So what about, obviously, your, your kind of first few matches in training? Do you remember the kind of first few matches where it was like getting right in front of a crowd for the first time? Um, 
do you mean so do you mean like being in training and yeah, wrestling? Yeah, when you were training and obviously like it's obviously it's about learning the moves and things like that, but it's learning how to connect with a crowd. Is that how did you kind of find that the early stages? Uh um I've got an acting background, so right. connect it's pretty much what you do. Like um you can look at a crowd and you hold that hand out and that wee boy that just wants to just wants to touch you because he's gonna give you the power to hulk up and be able to defeat your foe who's gonna like, pick you up and slam you in two seconds. But you know you're like you're you've tried to draw that power for the crowd. Simple things, but I was I was mainly a heel. So right. mate, it's it's a lot easier to get people to hate you than it is to get them to love you. And as a heel, you would come out, you don't need to say much. You really don't need to say anything. You can get folk to automatically boo. You just walk out, they all that. <laughs> uh, lackeys are all inbreds and this, that, and the next thing. You know, anything at all, slag them off. Um, and it gets you over. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can be loved as a bad guy just as much as you can be loved as a good guy. And as I try to explain to people, when you're a bad guy, the mere booze you get, that's like getting cheers for yeah. a good guy. That's the same idea, but I mean, you get guys that come back to these like, really don't like being a bad guy. Like, well, do you know you are a bad guy because that's that's what I need. Mm-hmm. We'll turn you guy eventually, but right now I need you a bad guy. Until mm-hmm. that time, you're playing the bad guy, and it's terrible because you know they're really good guys. Yeah, and they're so nice and they're so positive. I've, I mean, I try to be nice with everybody. I try. We were always taught locker etiquette, locker room etiquette, where you go in and you talk to everybody, you shake everybody's hand, you speak to everybody that's there, you never bypass them. Even the guy that's brushing the, the, the hallway up, everything, you always you always do that. And I've always prided myself on being able to do that. So I think, like, being a kind of genuine nice guy, um, it, it works better for you than to be backstage going, no, no, I'm not talking to him, I'm just going to be very, very quiet. Like, you can be very quiet, but, you know, you should, you should always... Let's see, guys, especially if you go out in the locker room and you've got somebody that's been in the business for 10, 15, 20 years, you know, even if you've been in the business two years longer than you, you've got to kind of pay your respects to them that comes before you, you know. And I, I think that's, I've always kind of did that. Um, well, I like to think I have. I've always been quite respectful for them and stuff. I mean, I remember we would go training at the East Bride and then we would come down to Grand Hall to set up for a show. And <laughs> The owner at the time had said to me, why are you not getting in the ring? I says, I've not earned that privilege to train in the ring. Like Once I get to that stage and I've earned the privilege to get in the ring, then I'll go into the ring. But until then, I'm quite happy just putting the chairs out, doing a bit of security, doing some checks and things like that. And eventually we got to shows and it was like, you're in the ring, you're training, blah, 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 or that caper. I mean, me, me and TG, we were the two biggest guys at the training school. So kind of automatically gravitated towards each other because he was going to pick me up and I was going to pick him up, you know. Mm-hmm. But when you start tagging, nobody really picks you up to slam each other. And I always remember it. We, uh, we were in Paisley and we were fighting Fight Club, the original Fight Club, Judge Jimmy James and Kid Fight. And it, uh, backstage, Kid Fight turns to Judge and says, no Germans, the boys haven't learned Germans yet. Don't do any Germans. Middle of the match, me and Judge, Judge comes in about me, hooks in. I was like, oh! Absolutely packed my chance. Didn't know what was happening. He went to launch me out of the tapium. I then went this and dove to the side. And you can see me doing like, <laughs> as if I'm trying to make a save. And being Andy Gorham, like, I always say this that you've never had a scheme booting like a fight club scheme booting. But do you know something? It wasn't a, uh, I wouldn't say that it wasn't a because it was, but in the same token, it was a necessary, it wasn't a, um, 
It's not like sometimes guys will stiffen up in the ring a bit so you can smarten yourself up and wisen up. Like, stop your name, slow down, cool down a bit. They'll give you a, a stiff one or they'll give you a receipt back because when Judge went to throw me over, obviously he's tweaked something because he's landed incorrectly. I've ra- landed on top of him almost. Yeah. So I've caused him an injury. So he's going to give me a wee, a wee scud just to say, look, don't do that again. Like, just go with it. But in wrestling, it's, if you do just make yourself floppy and just go with it, you'll find that you'll you'll not get hurt. Mm-hmm. Like, guy doing the move is the guy that's doing everything. You just have to go with the ride. Mm-hmm. All you do is remember to tuck your chin and get your arms out. Everything else, you just go with the ride. It's the guy that's doing it all. Do you know what I mean? But um, I, uh, I have to say, favourite opponents ever, original Fight Club. Hands do. What about Fight some Club. of the other ones like you worked with as well? Because I look kind of through some of your... Kind of matches you fought like a wolf gang who's obviously went on to do really well. There's a lot of guys in there who have went on to be really successful. Could you could you see that early on when you you first went in the ring with them that they were going to do well? Uh, wolf gangs always had potential, always from day one. Um, Wolfie is a different class of person. I remember, in fact, I remember kid fight saying to me once, being backstage and saying to me, "See if you could pick any backstage to be like it's him." Wolfgang, there's no politics. He just comes in, he talks to everybody, has a laugh every day. He's such a nice guy. He's brilliant. BT Gun, another one. I think, like, I really think he'll end up in the WWE BT. And I'm I'm absolutely stoked to the fact that I've got him on my show. For me, he's one of the top talents in the UK right now in my book. And I'm like, like, well, we really don't make enough noise about this. This this man's coming down to work here, like coming to work for me. This is brilliant. And he's like, oh, it's all right, pal. Like, I'll come and I'll, I don't mind coming down to work for you. I'm quite happy to come and work for you. And I'm like, my goodness, you don't even realise how good you are. You know what I mean? But then he's very level-headed as well. Um, he always has been level-headed. Always been nice, respectful. Uh, Big Kelly and Dane or Demo. Yeah. Uh, I wrestled him a few times when it was him and Scotty the Butcher. I love the Butcher. Me and him used to forearm seven shades out each now stiff as anything stiff but safe do you know the only way like maybe they put a four iron man quite like Scotty the Butcher did Demo he was um, he was just quite quite great to work with He's, his psychology in the ring was really second to none big Demo and then his missus Nikki yeah. who was storm so we did a, a charity show I think Falcon had uh, done this charity show for a wee lassie named Marie I can't even remember exactly what her second name was. She had kind of Down syndrome and stuff like that. So um, they did a kind of charity night for us. She needed to go to hang America for some sort of treatment. Anyway, so we did it, and it was um, BMW, Britain's Most Wanted versus Raging Storm, which is me and TJ, and they had Nikki. And I was like, I said, you know, like, we could really harm this up because, like, you're Storm, I'm Storm. Why don't we do a, like, you and my sister sort of thing? She was like, yeah, that's great, that's brilliant. So she's like my kayfabe sister. So then I'm sitting watching the TV and there she's doing WWE and you're going, yeah, that's my sister. I'm going to tell you, well done, you know, like, just having a laugh. But Do you get a bit of pride of that as well? See, when you see like and Nikki doing well at winning titles and like the WWE and things like that, do you get a bit of pride in you that you've you've kind of been with them and been friends with like been good friends with them kind of thing? Well, I mean, I, 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 when, I see, when I see any of the wrestlers doing well, I love it. Because mm-hmm. I'll say, that my boys will go, you ever share the locker room him, Dad? Yep. Share the locker room, share the ring, share the car, share like, <laughs> share his lunch. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Me and Drew Galloway, we used to get into Tam's Brig at 2 o'clock in the morning when it was just the key and go train. He would be in there lifting weights at 2 o'clock in the morning because none of the two of us had a membership, but he still had the key to get in. <laughs> <laughs> so we used to get in there 
And then we would go to Barney times at Stupid O'Clock as well, me and him. Because my first ever training, I walked in with Drew Galloway. Drew mm-hmm. McIntyre, you know. And Drew and me, we still talk back forward. Um, every now and again, I'll send them like, a wee message and stuff like that. Oh, normally, just before one of the big shows, uh, I was stoked when he won the title. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, it was a crowdless. Yeah, uh, and I always think, you know, Give me show with a crowd in front of him, please. Just give him that where the crowd's all cheering for him to lift that belt. I mean, we were all cheering for him for him, but yeah, I know. I'd have loved to have been like there when he won it. Mm. And then, of course, he's got Roman, I think, in Wales. Yeah, he does, yeah. So that'll be good to see. Nikki, Nikki, Dewdrop, mm-hmm. she's fantastic as well. Now, it's, it's hilarious to see the two of them working together, Nikki and Dewdrop working together. They used to, they used to wrestle weeks now at SW. Mm-hmm. And now you're seeing them on the show working together and stuff like that and you're going it's really good to see what people you know and you've you spent time with um, but even with the NXT UK guys uh, you've got Jordan Devlin shared the ring with him Andy Wilde he's been on UK a couple of times shared the ring with him um, Mark Andrews shared the ring with him um, there's loads of, loads of guys I mean you could name drop all day but when you see them on there you just get it's hilarious because you go, yeah, spend some time with him, spend some time with him. He's actually quite good. He's a good guy. He's all right, you know. Never really spoke much to him, but you knew I know him, that kind mm-hmm. of idea. Um, like, even like Zach Zebra Jr. Yeah. Best fight, best match I've ever seen him do here was against Kid Fight. Right. And BCW in the Grand Hall. And the two of them put on a clinic in the middle of the ring. Now, when we did the training stuff like that, kid fight would come in and we'll go, oh, I'll be sure of that flippy dippy stuff because the other trainer didn't like the flippy dippy stuff. He liked the big power bombs and stuff like that. But kid fight was thinner and more flexible and able to deal with this stuff. And then he went out there with Zach Zabel Jr. I mean, the two of them just looked like a million dollars. And you would think to yourself, you know, that that belongs to be on TV. Mm-hmm. Like the two of them belong to be on TV. They really do. They've, they've been tremendous. Um, opponents to each now and that whole match was brilliant that was one of my favourite matches to watch in an independent scene so it was but I mean exactly he's not exactly WWE he's out in Japan yeah a big name in Japan again so it's really good these buddies folk yeah absolutely but uh, in terms of kind of ending your in-ring career was it the right time to kind of do that you thought was it physically was it just do you know Uh, when do you know when it's time um, it was get well, I was getting to the stage where I was physically in pain all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, my legs were giving me jip constantly. I was waiting till I get home and I was doping myself up with pain relief, alcohol, and stuff like that. And then the message was like, Enough is enough. Like, you used to be able to wait till you get home, and now you're like, You're coming out of the, the hall venue, dubbing any painkillers you can possibly get. She said, Then you're telling me to make sure I've got vodka or a lager in the car because you, you want to drink when you get in the car. She says, This is. Have to do something. Um, so we went to the doctors and physios and stuff said there was nothing wrong with my knees. Nothing wrong with your knees, knees are fine. All right, okay, but it's transferred pain from your hips. So it turns out 1998, <laughs> no, 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 19, 1980 when I was born, I was born with major hip impingement, which meant you've got a ball and socket joint sits like that. Yeah. Because TJ was trying to show me how to do a figure four. I can do a British figure four, no problem. I cannot do a Ric Flair figure four for love and money. Because my legs, my hips don't bend out of alignment. 
to do that. So TG would sit and stretching exercises and stuff like that. And basically, we're just bending bone. <laughs> we're stretching done. We're trying to break my legs. That was that, basically. Um, and then, when I had major hip infringement, I went and spoke to the doctors. And at that point, and this is the bit that really goes me, at that point, I was getting bookings out in Europe. I was going to Germany. You know, I was getting out. I'm the name myself, doing well. Um, just really starting to go places. And the GP's like, right, we'll bring you in. Same to the doctors, went to see the surgeon, he's like, ah. so you wrestle? I was like, yep, they said, when you get your hips done, that's your career by. Like, absolutely not. And then he's like, see, well, there's good two options. You either get your hips done or you get a wheelchair in six years, so you'll take the wheelchair. And the wife's like, you are not, you're not doing that. Because obviously, wrestling is your sideline. It's not your main job. It you don't make any money to wrestling unless you're in the big leagues. Like, you don't. So you, you you might make enough to get out, get by the weekend and get someone to the next week or whatever you know, but you do this unless you're a promoter or a big name. Um, I wasn't a big name, but by the time I would be, would have became a big name, if if the stars aligned properly, I'd have been crippled. Mm-hmm. So I would have had no longevity in it, and that would mean being a wheelchair. So then, what did you do then? Oh, I had a great life. <laughs> then I screwed up because I didn't listen. Mm. So I got my hips done. Uh, twenty. I think my last match was two thousand and ten. I think I think it was April two thousand and ten or two thousand and eleven, something like that. Because I was meant to get the hips done. I was just, just stopped wrestling before I was getting the hips done. But I wanted to wrestle right up till I get my hips done. I thought Hulk Hogan could wrestle in a dodgy, dodgy hip, so can I. But Hulk Hogan only has to do three moves. I have to do all the moves. <laughs> so, um, got my hips done. Suffered a stroke while they were putting my hips in. Um, I've had three strokes since, so I've got a left-sided weakness. Um, occasionally, you know, I never see me eating soup in public. It runs down my cheek. And at certain times when I'm drinking things like that, you see it running down the side of my cheek. And I, I deliberately grow my beard so that you can't really see the fact that my mouth droops at one side. Right. Sounds daft, but it does. Um, I'm terrible with times and dates. I never remember anything. If I don't write something doing it never happened. Um, in fact, I've just had a conversation with talent there that I booked. Don't remember booking them. I'm like, oh no, you were being holding. He's like, mate, that was like June, July. Way he says, I've told you, but I'm, I'm up for this match. I was like, mm, so I've had to add one in. Like, like, here we go. Like, totally screwed the put here. I don't know why I did that. Memory terrible, absolutely terrible. Um, I knew I'm going for heart surgery. That's my next thing. So, I, so, I, I mean, I, I look all right. I look reasonably fit and healthy, but technically speaking, the inside bits of me is just not working right. I drag my left leg. I constantly fall over it. Um, I'm always in pain since I get my hips done. Uh, it's just never ending. Never ending. But that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. It's, it's, I, I mean, it's just hard to hear what you've just kind of said and things like that. And we wish you all the best for the heart surgery and things. But getting into your own promotion like what's what's that like what, what's what goes into that I've always I'm always intrigued to know how how you make that kind of leap to go and like I can do that I could do this myself how how do you do that how does that come about I was very 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 lucky um I was older than the majority of the trainees when I was training so I was the same age as the promoters BCW mm-hmm. uh, when they were doing about promoting stuff like that I would always go with them. I'd go and meet tips soon here, there and everywhere and learn bits and bobs and get taken under the wing. Uh, Ross could fight. 
also took me under his wing a fair bit for showing how how things work, the reasons why you do it, all that kind of stuff. So I really got to thank my trainers um, at the time for, for, for giving me that insight into doing what I could do. And then we did a couple of shows in Drongen, which added all the promotions for everything. Uh, Colin, at the time, who was running BCW, he was like, ah, right, if you can get another venue, like let's try that. So we did the school hall, bigger. He's like, I think we'll sell it out. I was like, aye, but you'll need to like, I mean, your ticket prices, it's fine. You can charge big bucks, but we do have your village. Mm-hmm. Basically, a village that's underprivileged. You need to drop your prices a few bit. So we did, we dropped a couple of pound off it. So it was fine. Um, we still did the, the usual buy four tickets. It's so much price, but buy one ticket. It's this price. That's what my idea. Um, did all that show. We phoned me up in that morning. Didn't have any tuck shop. Could you get a tuck shop? So I old nip to Ionotis and get a, the tuck shop that morning. Grab the tuck shop, throw it down. He told me to get somebody to sell the tuck shop, so I did. And basically, Graham booked the show. Um, Graham booked the show. Colin turned up and built the ring and did his match. Ah. Did the promoting for the show, and at the end, it call meant to me. There you go. I was like, "What's that?" He says, "That's the money." He says, "You've did that. You've promoted this show. You've sold it. Out. You've did this. You've did that. You managed to put it onto place." He says, "Did you go and you gave me the money?" I was like, "I can't believe it." Do you know why, like a millionaires, you're throwing your money about the bed, you're just rolling. But that's what I was like, "Hey!" Eyes, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then from there, uh, I kind of got the 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 bug for wanting to be a promoter. But again, there was a kind of me and Rob Cage, I'm not supposed to mention him on my podcast and stuff like that, because he doesn't like it. <laughs> but we sat together and we were like, you know, we could we could run a promotion at some point. We really could. And at that time, there was nothing really happening there. Um, we had, I had got the Citadel for BCW. Uh, and they would run it a couple of times, but the Citadel was quite expensive. Right. Um, run it a couple of times, but... Um, it, it was alright it's no bad draw um, it's not like what it is now because now it's massive like um, wrestling experience Scotland did a tremendous job there obviously lying hard for them uh, and I was like you know we could do something in Ayrshire and just keep it in Ayrshire the, the goals I, I'm just wanting to travel around about Ayrshire I'm just wanting to be in with the villages the town halls yeah I'm trying to get stuff to do there but then I've kind of realised now that travelling is a nightmare because my majority of my talents are Glasgow mm-hmm Glasgow, Aberdeen, Fife, you know, it's a long distance to get here. So if they've got to get here and then they've got to try and find an Ayrshire village in the middle of nowhere, it's twice as hard and twice as money for petrol. And mm. petrol's that expensive now. So you're like, well, do you know, I'll do towns, I'll try and keep towns, but then trying to find towns that aren't already occupied as well is quite hard because at the time Respect was running, you've got Best Experience Scotland running, you've got Graham running. Um, then I turned up at the blue mega slam. They, they run Moncton. Um, they tell us it's press, but it's not. It's a, a hotel in Moncton. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like, wow. So like, there's a, no much space for for moving, and there's like any unwritten rule as such, like eight miles for the venue. Like that's the kind of minimum distance you need to be. But Ayrshire's quite good because the small wee areas all lead into the towns as such. Yeah. Um. Whereas, so you've got to watch your catchment. I mean, the only reason I'm doing a show in air is because it's over 18s. Mm-hmm. And wrestling, the minute I'm just doing the family friendly stuff, which I normally do. And Venue 38 were like, we're trying to get stuff going in the town. We're trying to get like entertainment in. They brought in gun. They've got bands playing, gigs playing, because they've tried to do it. They don't want it being labelled a nightclub. Yeah. 
So the, the whole Madison's nightclub's gone. There's venues there to eat, so name it. It's promoting um, shows is what they want to do. So they were like, could you come in and do like an over 18 show? And I was like, really don't want to touch here because that would break the code of rules. Like, but because it's an over 18 show and not a family friendly show, there's a bit of kind of grey matter there, so I couldn't do it, um, which is fine. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've done it, so. We'll see if it, if it pays off, it pays off. And if it doesn't, oh, well, you know, we, we tried it. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. Um, but as I say, Wrestling Experience Scotland, they run here, I think, twice a year, maybe three times a year. Um, they, they're in the big touring loop. They're mm-hmm. up in Bathgate and everything, so they are, and they're down here. Graham runs uh, BCW at Grand Hall, I think, twice a year. Um, And they used Fantastic. to do... Yeah, can they used to do... Baller up hall, which has been used as a court now. So yeah, yeah. Back up. So he is going to start doing shows again in East Kilbride, which is his home turf. Mm-hmm. Also, it's it's trying to make sure that when they've put dates out, my dates don't clash. I mean, I know wrestling experience are doing one in October. I've also done one in October, but mine's just after theirs. <laughs> so I think they're the like the first new weekend in October or something, and I'm not till the second, the third weekend in October. Uh, venue still to be announced because. We we were going to run it Evan from Bound Station. Mm-hmm. We were running the December show, but we're still waiting on the local authorities getting back to give the green light for that. If no, we'll be back to Trun. Um or another area, another town hall somewhere. Um try to I'm trying to get uh, uh, the further stuff I want to be is Irvin. I don't want to be any further than Irvin. Because distance wise for me and logistic wise, it's no it's no great. I mean, but I, I laugh because all the wrestlers will be home or in the pub beerting and stuff like that. And I'm still trying to get the ring put away in the storage, trying to get in the road. And then when I get home, like the wife's like, oh, I'll go to Chinese, it's call. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to go to my bed because I'm exhausted. Like, and then I'm, of course, I move all the ring and stuff myself. Mm-hmm. Dodgy, hip, dodgy hips, <laughs> three strokes. Left side of weakness, you know, and I'm still lifting this ring in and out. I've got a team of boys that help me, and I've been totally lost without them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm still having to do the physical side of it as well. But they keep saying to me, even like Big Bad John, show the man, he's like, would you just take a step back? <laughs> then I take a step back, what he does is slag me off. Yeah, big lazy, get you. <laughs> like, Thanks, John. Take a step back, but don't take a step back. But I... See, yeah. obviously, the... As you say about the promotion going forward, like what's the ambition for this time next year? Like where do you want to be? Is it just a case of obviously get talent in and kind of continue what you're doing? Is there ambitions to go like even further? Like is it sticking to Ayrshire? Is that the plan? Sticking to Ayrshire. Well, no, we're not expanding at Ayrshire. I've got Mabel and Gervin to look at. Um, they've been in talks trying to bring me down that way. So if I can get down there, brilliant. I had said possibly heading down towards Stranra. Right. Um, and that would be the, that's the very furthest outreach. Um, mm-hmm. We've got camp shows um, as well that's been inquired about. Um, there's like we, you know, we independent caravan parts. Yeah, there's a whole group of them that runs up and down the whole of west of Scotland, and they're like, oh, do you know, like we would like to bring in some sort of entertainment and blah blah blah. And I'm like, well, there's there's, there's guys out there that do camp shows. Like at, the, at that time, I didn't even have a ring, but now I've got my own ring, so mm-hmm. I can. Day camp shows, which is fine. Um, but they were like, We'll get you to come in and we'll have a chat. And that was, we'll set it all up. But the, the meeting's not to the end of the year, really, so that we can put it in place for next year. So mm-hmm. that's so that would mean I need to take a week off my work and do a seven day tour, which means I'm going to have to try and encourage guys to 
come away and work for seven days to to, to do this run because it's like four or five different like venues. Yeah. You start the way doing Stranraway and work your way up, that sort of idea. So if I can if I can get that running, that'll be great. Um it's just a case of say as I say, like trying to put all your, your ducks in the one basket as such. Mm-hmm. But um hopefully that'll come to fruition because that would be really quite good. Um because that then that's I saw it really putting guys a stage to work on. So yeah. as folk were like, it must be make money out of it if you're doing all of these shows. What? No made a penny. I <laughs> made a thing. Like the wrestlers make more money in a show than what I do. Well, what do you mean? I said, well, the money I make on the show goes into the next show. Mm-hmm. That show goes into the next show, and then mm-hmm. the next show I've got a wife and wages and a mortgage to pay on top of having my wages. <laughs> you know, it, it's like mm, I have made not a penny, not a penny. Saturday, what's the what's the card? What's the kind of matches we can look forward to? Oh, well, what, what match would you know? like to look forward to? <laughs> in my in my opinion, this card's hard hitting. Um, we have TG Rage and BT Gun. That itself should be enough for MD to want to come to the show. TJ is the Ayrshire Heavyweight Champion. Uh, dubbed the Believe Championship. It's just exciting right now, isn't it? Uh, you have the Source Championship. Now, there's the thing. We're talking about the Forbidden Door and the Feds, these AEWs and all that caper. You don't really see it in independent scenes. Like, so, like, you can be a champion elsewhere, but when you come to this show, you're just, you, there's no, there's no mention. You're not allowed to wear your belt. You're not allowed to whatever. And I'm like, bring your belt, wear your belt. Let, why not? Let's give you the accolade. Mm-hmm. I can see why, like, if I was, just say, for instance, if I'm the champion of PBW and I turn up and I'm getting beat by the jobber. Yeah. So that made that would make it look bad. But as a promoter, I need to make sure that I don't, I wouldn't have that happening. You know, but you, if it's a match you want to see, you would say, hey, don't bring your belt, you know, get mentioned for it, for that sort of thing. But if you had your belt, you can read your belt. Um, I spoke to Source, uh, Yum Yum, David Evelyn. And I asked him, this is your view, would you uh, Stone defending his title on one of my shows, like Forbidden Door sort of stuff? Was like, go for it, mate. Absolutely. So I'm like, absolutely. So every time we post up, we tag Source in it. Source has got to be there. Source champion's going to be there, Stone, Stone Malone. But he's going up against um, Zaki Bali, number one. Uh, he's the Scottish inter-promotional champion. That belt isn't actually a Pro 2 belt, but when he went on to Iron Girders and dropped the belt and then won it back, they've tagged us in it. Like, it's a Pro 2 belt, but it doesn't belong to Pro 2. It's an individual belt. So Zakib can actually go anywhere with it. Right. And the show and stuff like that, as long as the promoters are talking to me who's got the belt and if the belt's travelling and whatever it's moving to and stuff. So it's very, very... It's a, an independent belt. So this is going to be Scottish in the promotional title versus the Source heavyweight title. And that's, that itself is another great thing. So we've got two belts, one for a different company all together. Mm-hmm. And they're all going to come together. So that's going to be amazing. That's a selling point right there. Do you know what I mean? So you might even get Source fans coming down and go, well, actually, we like champs. So we've been for him down. Yeah. Um, we've got Frank Cross is going to finally be shaming how they're doing. I don't know if you follow the shows and stuff like Adam Shame has been a thorn in my side since the day now I've opened this company. I swear to I love him to bits, but I hate him. I'm trying not to swear, but he does my nothing at times. You know what I mean? Um, he's there. <laughs> Every show, we did the show at Trin, and he wasn't even booked. He, I knew he was booked at Respect that night, which was our uh, kind of lock winner. Mm-hmm. 
15, 20 minute drive. Not that far away. So here we are, quite the thing. And I'm backstage deliberately trying to keep out the road. So I wasn't even on the show at all because I'm, I'm like, like Vince McMahon, you don't see me. Yeah. It's supposed to be like um, Eric Bischoff. You would see him. He makes all that decision. Then in the middle of the tag match, there's an offy folk shouting ball and growing stuff. And I'm like, what is going on? And I looked down and I could see my guys going, getting their arms not all moving. I went, that looks like bloody Shamer. <laughs> I was in there and it's Shamer and Sweeney because uh, Bobby Roberts, big nasty Bobby Roberts, he was the top heel for us, but he said to retire due to his, his back gain at them, basically. Um, and then respects shut up shop as well. So, I mean, he's, he's totally jacked wrestling all together. And uh, he was a thorn in my side to start off with because he was another Ayrshire rival promotion mm-hmm. that was like, born and bred in Ayrshire. So it was like North Ayrshire versus South Ayrshire all the time. And he would always get that bit in. Oh, I'm all the way doing here. So I can slag it off. But then Seamus kind of picked up that mantle and kept running. And then oh, there's this Sweeney who I don't remember Sweeney um, being on many shows at all. I remember him from being at ICW. And then when I further look back through his history and that, man's been everywhere. <laughs> How did I miss this guy? Anyway, so he's turned up with Shamer and him and Shamer are really good pals and they did something going, I think it was Grado's big family wrestling show up at the Pavilion. They were on that together and they, they really look quite good together. Although Sweeney's not contracted to Pro 2 and shouldn't he be on a Pro 2 show? But him and Shamer was getting at Big Licks so caused a bit of stushy, they get put out of the building. <laughs> Uh, aye, so Shamer's going to get a doing for Frank Cross. Frank Cross is the marshal of Pro 2. Very, very high on uh, Frank. I like his luck. I like his gimmick. I like having the bottom. Sadly, he's not won a single match at Pro 2. <laughs> Hasn't won a match yet. Um, but he's, he's, when you look at, like, you, look, you look at Frank Cross, he looks like a wrestler. He's got the frame. He's got the nice shape to him. Do you know, he looks like a wrestler. And I, I, I quite like him. So he's going to give Shamer a scheme booting. I've told him, I said, don't wrestle him. Don't wrestle him. I just might fight him. And I don't care. You just make sure you win. <laughs> he's like, I'll give him. Looking forward to that match. Uh, the Bells match. There you go. Rosie Knight, Bells division champion. She had an injury on the last show and decided that she wasn't going to compete. And Ruby and Ellie had a fight for number one contender but the number one contender is Emily Hayden so she is so once Emily gets her title shot it's like Rosie's trying to fix my women's division is all other but I keep putting them in between four matches and stuff like that because I I think nowadays we speak out you need to have a women's locker room and a guy's locker room Mm -hmm. like you need to have that sort of diversity there and to have a, to to book out another room for two females, you're kind of like you know, I've, I've got hundred guys here in the tiniest wee dressing room that I possibly can, and I've got that big room next door, but I can't even put them in there because I've got two females in it, you know. And then we 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 are priding myself on trying to make sure that everyone's everybody's got a place, everybody's got a position, you know, yeah. a safe environment backstage. We're not having any nonsense or any shenanigans that's been dealt with straight away. Uh, so I book in three or four lasses at a time. But then I think well, that's going to end up being seven or eight matches. We're no WWE. I mean, the formula that works is six matches. You know, the Reigns are more fatigued with the cheering and stuff like that if you put one million matches. So I put them into one match and Rosie actually hit the nail on the head. And she's doing, I don't know whether she's subconsciously sorting out the Bells division, running about me and me not being 
bright enough to actually understand what she's doing. But Emily's got number one contendership. So that's going to be a one-on-one fight, or maybe. I, I, I might put a wee span in about Sarah, I don't know, but <laughs> it can be. Um, so they, that'll happen. So whoever wins out of Rosie and Emily will go into face Ruby, because right. Ruby's at the spot. So if Ruby wins, on the next one, whatever. But Ellie Armstrong is absolutely, I mean, she's, she's a badass, right? But she's bloody good. Like, you cannot deny that that lassie can wrestle. She can wrestle. She's really, really good. And I think she needs a bit of push. So I've kind of noticed that she's doing well. But again, I haven't seen her in a one-on-one situation with the exception of Ruby. And Ruby beat her, but just narrowly. So I'm like, you know, for the show, I would like you to face Rosie on the show. So I messaged Rosie, I'd like, are you, are you going to be able to do this match? Are you going to be fit as that shoulder up to par? And she's like, I'm just back from the holidays. I feel good. Some back at training. Like, really, really up for this. So that's going to be a hard hitting match as well. And Rosie, when you look at Rosie and you go, she's only a wee lassie. Like, how's she going to manage to, to fight these folk off? She's ruthless and tenacious and she fights. Like, she probably fights in her sleep, to be honest with you. And that's what I like about Rosie. Uh, the first ever female champ. So she is. She's the first Bells champ, undefeated. And I keep, I keep. Putting out there that you've got these number one contenders, but every time she's in a match, I'm like, oh, you're fighting for your title. She's like, no, no. <laughs> she's the last one, not fighting for the title. So that's why she, she pulled herself out of the match and reorganised it with the two females that was there and said that they were to fight for it. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, you know, like I, I don't pay you to come on here and organise out my, my stuff, but we'll see how that progresses on. Uh, we're beating around about the bush, death match. Iceman, the Iceman cometh versus his son Jack. That, uh, if you follow the deathmatch stuff that Rise and things is doing, it's wow. Do you know I mean there's going to be blood? <laughs> there is. Uh, I don't like glass, so I've said I don't want any glass. I don't want tubes. I don't want any of that because I'm going to have to sweep it up. And knowing me being as clumsy as I'm, I'll end up getting cut. Mm-hmm. Don't want glass. So, <laughs> Right, we'll not do glass, we'll do this, we'll do that. Like, okay. And I'm like, mm, this is sounding gruesome by the minute. Maybe we better off just doing the glass, you know what I mean? I've told them no glass. So we'll see what happens for that. That's going to be a tremendous it's father versus son match. Will Jack be able to step out the shadow Iceman? Or will Iceman manage to keep him in there? Do you know? I mean, Isaac, I've known Isaac for years. Uh, we've got him great. He's always been a true gentleman. Just such a lovely, lovely bloke. Um, and <laughs> for being such a hard man, he's such a lovely guy. Do you know them, right? And I, I like Isaac, and I do have a lot of time for him. So when I go into an over 18s, he's the first person I phoned. Never phoned any of my champions, he's the first person I phoned. Mm-hmm. I mean, he showed you back wrestling because I see him doing it rise. He's like, yep, yep, I'll do it. I was like, I need to find somebody of your calibre. Like up here, it would be like Jack Jester, that sort of idea. But Jack Jester and Isaac has had many battles, and mm-hmm. I'm trying to. That's no been seen before. So Isaac turned around and went, I'll phone Jack. Of course, I'm thinking, all right, that's great who Jack is. So then Jack messages me back and forward. The last time I seen Jack, he was 10 years old and he was tiny. <laughs> and all of a sudden, at the end of this phone, there's a man talking to me and I'm going, that's this boy's face. I don't know where I can place him. He's like, I met you years ago at a show. I'm like, met me at a show. You're a fan. It's this. And he's like, he says, no, I'm Jack. I'm Isaac's son. He's like, you know. <laughs> So that's going to be good. They're going to be battling that out. Krieger versus Mayhem Brooks. You said Mayhem Brooks, the cheeky chappy. He brings me mind of Conor McGregor. Nice. He does a bit 
way. So he does, and he wrestles as well. But <laughs> he has put out a couple of videos, shall we say, and every time he puts a wee post up his Facebook or his Twitter, I wonder what Craig's doing. He's crying in his boots or like sewing his underpants or whatever he's doing. And he's like, he's like, I'm training hard up at four in the morning, drinking beer at five, blah, blah, blah. Or oh, this keeper, hot tub in it, weird joint running about the countryside. He's not taking it seriously. <laughs> that's that's how confident he is. And you've got to love somebody that's cocky. Mm-hmm. Same token, Craig's a big lad. Like, and he's hard hitting. And I, I think Craig's going to wipe flame him. <laughs> um, but Craig's like, all right, okay. And I messaged Craig's like, mate, this boy is all over you on and social media. Like, and you've not even replied once. He's like, don't worry, mate. I'll, I'll be popping a, a video at you just shortly. We got one last night. It was released last night. <laughs> the Glasgow Grindhouse. So that seems to be the, the new name for him and Luke Sharp, the Glasgow Grindhouse. So it is. So I think this, they've, they've evolved again into more harder hitting than what they were beforehand. Because um, I, I had brought them in on the last show we did at Anbank to fight Dean Ford and Shamer, because this was to get Shamer back for everything else he's been doing. And Dean Ford also interrupted my show for the Joker's belt and went after Logan Smith. Right. And, and saying that, they're not on this match, but they are scheduled to face each other for that Joker's title, the YSO Series title. At Pro Wrestling Scotland again, Forbidden Door opened. Mm-hmm. There's a Pro Two Championship match is going to be on a different show. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I'm trying to work with as many promotions as possible. Mm-hmm. The door is in. I'm right up for it. Mm-hmm. I just think I like wrestling that much. I want to be pals with everybody. I don't want to step in any tees. I don't want to upset the apple cart. I'm just here to to try and help make the the scene. Bigger and some of the guys, there's that many. You've got your ICW, you've got BCW, you've got PBW, you've got your top tier like promotions, mm-hmm. so much room. So then you had respect, you had uh, pro wrestling innovation, which was Kreider's promotion, but he's decided to get out of binary. You've got big, massive wrestling, which is Dex, uh, Frank Cross's um, promotion. Uh, and then you've got us, you've got Fair City Wrestling, you've got SWE, you've got um, WrestleZone up north. You know, you even get Keith Ness. Like, so we've got all these promotions that's kicking about, which, which is creating room for guys to get work. Because mm-hmm. when I was working, there wasn't that many shows. Mm-hmm. You went to Scottish School of Wrestling, you went to SWE, you went to BCW, PBW or ICW. That was a wrestle zone, and that was really it in Scotland. There was nothing else. Yeah. And once you started working around about all them, if you get inveigled in a storyline, it kind of stopped bookings and other companies because... You had to see that storyline, and if you get injured on that company show, how can you wrestle on another company? That mm-hmm. it's kind of, mm, uh, it's it's kind of you need to watch what you're doing when you're getting your bookings in. I mean, it's great to be involved in the storyline, uh, and if you look at um, Pro Two, that's all storylines. I'm currently all the way up to 2024 with storylines right now. So that's, can... that's that's what I like. I like the kind of long term booking aspect of it because you've you've got a, uh, I would. If I was doing it, I would always have an end first and then walk the way back. Is that the way yeah. you did it? Sort of. Um, well, initially, I, I, what I do is I put the titles on the table and I go, who do I want to start these off? And how do I, how do I get them to that position? Mm-hmm. And I, I orchestrate it in that way. And then, well, Charles Boddington, right? You've got Charles Boddington coming into the mix, manager of champions, right? See, he's appeared at Troon, but we've never been seen since. So it's like, where is he? What is he doing? I see, I see Charles backstage. 
all the shows he's always backstage having a look at people and talking to folk all the time. So I know he's recruiting. Mm-hmm. I just can't prove it. Do you know what I mean? So I know that when he the next year when he comes into fruition, I know that there's going to be there's going to be more term. There's, you're going to see a lot more of Charles Bond in Pro 2. Um, for me, I he was very pivotal uh, in the 90s and the early 2000s, um, wrestling-wise. He definitely was. Uh, Graham's been, what, 20 years now in the business, nearly 21. That's a long, long time for somebody, and his knowledge is outstanding. And like, If you can sit under his learning tree, you're doing well. You know, you, you really are doing well with him. But he's going to come into it. So having him in the mix, I mean, they need to have storylines written in for him. But in the same token, I don't really need to write a storyline for him because I'm only working with the wrestlers. Mm-hmm. So if he comes in he, and he attaches himself to one of the wrestlers I've got a storyline with, then that is what it is. But I am up to 2024 with my bookings so far. Well, with my storylines. But unfortunately, sometimes guys can't take bookings they're elsewhere. Uh, I had Angel Hayes booked for my very, very first show and she couldn't come. And she told me, she's like, I can't come. And I was like, oh, what's going on? Why can you come? Like, you said you'll take the book. And she's like, I can't tell you right now. But all will become clear just shortly. And I knew straight away she'd been signed. And she was, she was in the, the WWE uh, NXT UK and she'd mm-hmm. been there. So I can I can go out and say, I've had two NXT UK guys with my shows, Andy Wilde and Angel Hayes. Mm-hmm. Andy Wilde came my European title. The UEWA heavyweight title, do you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. first ever show I brought out a European, so an import, my first ever show, he was Nitro Green, and he was the UEWA cruiserweight champion at the time who Luke King Sharp beat for the title. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's it's no impossible, but then when you start opening up that door, you have lots of folk phoning you and messaging you, like there's guys from America phoned, um, wanting for bookings and all that. I would need to put you up in a hotel. Like I would need to pick you up. I would need to make sure your itinerary is full. And to be honest with you, nine times out of ten, if you're going to get somebody from America, like it's a, it's an ex WWE star. It's not somebody trying to get their name out there. Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense to bring somebody else that's not got a name value because you have to buy the flights and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's and then if unless they're working with another company for like Can Am, uh, you see the Bulldogs are way up to Can Am wrestling. Mm-hmm. Otto had messaged me what he worked together he wants to send talent out to me you have to send talent out to him but at the end of the day talents are independent mm-hmm. long term promotion they're, they're an independent contractor they come in and they do the shift and they go mm-hmm. don't really work for me so like if I was to turn and say alright Otto's got to send me two guys there do you want to go to Canada oh by the way you need to pay your flights no <laughs> it's a great opportunity. great opportunity if you want to pay your flights and go but the answer's no. And then I've got guys in Germany, Jason Johnny Tiger, uh, Marcus Black, AMW and Deutsche Wrestling Alliance. They're what they some talent exchanges and stuff like that as well. I worked for them on the Legends Tour back in 2011, I think it was. Yep, 2010, was it? See, dates and times, stroke, don't work. Um, <clears throat> that was good. So, mm-hmm. Brilliant. We'll close with some quick fire questions. Are you ready to be put in the spot? Yep. Right. What is your highlight of your career so far, either as a wrestler or a promoter? Uh, highlight as a wrestler was um, having getting our company to be wholly invested in us and award us belts. Believe in it, believed in the team that much. We could carry that division, <clears throat> put a championship on us. It was no but the, the fact that it gave us a championship, it was the fact that it believed in us. 
Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Three wrestlers you could sign for Pro Two tomorrow if you if they were available. Three wrestlers you could sign, and what hypothetically speaking? Hypothetically, yeah. Like I would, I would say realistic UK talent that like you've you've not had yet. You quite like the work with. Yeah, uh, Judy Flash. Um, Doug Williams. Um, a Johnny Moss. I'm quite pally with Johnny Moss. I would like him to be on there, but he doesn't work shows anymore. <laughs> he just does the training at the PC, but I'd like him back. Favourite match in Pro 2 history? What's the best Favourite match you've watched since you started? In Pro 2 history? Favourite match? Uh, Patter and Batter versus the Billington Bulldogs for the titles. You know Roy's hilarious. Such a funny wee guy. I quite like him. That's that was Stone Malone's partner. Mm-hmm. He he was the patter to Stone's batter. <laughs> Made me laugh so the day. Bye. That was a good match. Dream location for a Pro Two event. So where would you like to go in Ayrshire? Uh It's no secret that the best venue in Ayrshire is Kilmarnock Grand Hall, and I was lucky enough to grace that stage at one point in my career. I would never, I would never go there because Graham runs it with BCW, but that's the best venue in Ayrshire. I'll never be topped. Logan, it's been an absolute pleasure to be on, and best of luck for Saturday in the future of Pro Two Wrestling. Thank you very much. Cheers, my man. Thank you very much for having me.